Hey everyone, this is Mindy. Thanks for listening to another episode of Old Time Radio. Next up in the Big Show series is episode 3. This one aired November 19th, 1950. Unlike the other two, which I felt were good, but they, they had a lot of disjointed pieces and maybe just a little bit of nerves or a little bit of finding the way kind of feel. Uh, episode three is very cohesive. There's a running joke that just takes it from beginning to end and, and actually kind of a couple of running jokes and it just works. It just pulls all of these big talents together. There's a lot of chemistry between this cast, particularly Eddie Cantor. Cantor. <laughs> I made him very French. <laughs> uh, no, Eddie Cantor and Jimmy Durante were good friends. They're both on here. Bob Hope shows up, takes a lot of cheap shots at Tallulah Bankhead, and she rolls with it. She laughs a lot in this one, and I think these are genuine laughs. These aren't stage laughs, and it's really fun to hear. And something of note that, I mean, you have the best in the business here on these radio shows, and the they mess up quite a bit. And it's really funny. The audience is loving it because it's just not typical or what you would expect. And uh, a lot of the reason for that, I was reading in this great book that Buck sent me about the big show. So thanks, Buck. Uh, but one of the kind of side notes on this episode is Eddie Cantor's to blame. He's the one in the, in the wings of the stage just making people forget their lines and laughing and they're trying to ignore him. And he's playing spoiler for a lot of this. And it, But it's really funny. And Eddie Cantor is one of those people, for me, a kid growing up in the 80s, I knew that name. I could not place why. Uh, he's the one, I'm sure a lot of people already know this, but he's the one that's banjo-wise. That was a, ah, that, making whoopee, ah, that. He helped develop the March of Dimes. Did not know that, but that's fantastic. But then I saw where I knew him from, which was Looney Tunes. I, I remember the episode where he's characterized, I think, with Bing Crosby and a couple others. But he wrote merrily, or he was famous for Merrily We Roll Along. That became the Looney Tunes theme song and was developed, you know, over time and tweaked. But I, I was like, okay, that's that's why I know that name because I probably saw it every Saturday morning for about 10 years. So, <laughs> And then another note for this episode, this is the first time we're going to hear May the Good Lord Bless and Keep You. This was written by Meredith Wilson in 1950. The first credited airing of this song is actually Tallulah Bankhead who was not particularly known as a singer, but this became the hallmark ending of the big show where each person on the show that night took a couple of lyrics and they just traded off singing. And it, it has a really nice effect. You hear kind of a lot of sincerity, you know, right before Thanksgiving, when this episode aired, you just hear kind of that warmth to the song and it just becomes, it, it becomes a hit. I mean, it gets recorded over and over and over again. It's very well known, even to this day. And, uh, but yeah, this is the first appearance of it. And we get to hear all of these stars just kind of passing the torch, lyric by lyric. So, um, so that's another thing to note when you listen to this near the end. But it, so far, my favorite episode, I've only listened to three I think Ford, Judy Garland, I think was on one that I probably listened to already. <laughs> but this one, I, I really, it, there's so much energy here and there's just a lot of fun, a lot of laughing and everything just kind of hits with this. A um, lot of, a lot of good uh, performances here. So I hope you enjoy this one as much as I did. Like I said, uh, listen for the flubs, maybe keep a tracker, count how many <laughs> times that somebody has to like take a step back and remember where they are in the script. It's, 
it's actually a lot of fun. So without further ado, here is The Big Show, episode three from November 19th, 1950. Enjoy. You're about to be entertained by some of the biggest names in show business. For the next hour and 30 minutes, this program will present in person such bright stars as... Eddie Cantor. Mindy Carson. Harry Como. Jimmy Durant. Jose Ferrer. Bob Hope. Ray Middleton. Evelyn Barden. Meredith Wilson. And my name, darlings, it's Lula Bankhead. <laughs> The National Broadcasting Company presents The Big Show. So listen, America, the curtains of America. We're going to fill your parlor full of stars. The Big Show, 90 minutes with the most scintillating personalities in the entertainment world. Brought to you this Sunday and every Sunday at the same time as the Sunday feature of Five Show Festival. NBC's star-studded five-nights-a-week program extravaganza. And here is your hostess, the glamorous, unpredictable Tallulah Bankhead. Well, ladies and gentlemen, here we are in week number three. And ready with another program starring the biggest names in show business. But it hasn't been easy, darlings. When big names get together, you should hear some of the big names they call each other. (laughs) One complains the other has better lines. Another is unhappy because the other has better songs. And this week, there was even a ridiculously petty fight over who should have the star dressing room. Well, imagine, of course, I won out, darlings. Actually... However, being the great troopers that they really are, by the time we were ready to go on the air, our stars had straightened out all their trifling differences, and we are now one big happy family. Yeah, some happy family. It's abdominal. Who gets me into these things? Oh, I'm sure going to tell my agent well, the theater was never like this. Oh, it's the worst thing I ever heard in my life. I'm going to tell you... Oh, these actors are on the loose again. But I know how to handle them. I use diplomacy, finesse, gentleness. Will you please shut up? What's the matter now? I thought I had everything under control. Oh, sure, some control. Now, Eddie, what are you sulking about? Eddie Candy, come over here and bring those eyes with you. Eddie, what's the matter now, darling? Nothing, nothing at all. All I know is I've been in show business 40 years. I've never been treated as badly as I have here today, not even by Milton Berle. Why, when I went on his show, he not only stole my best jokes, but he stole my glasses so I couldn't even read the bad jokes he gave me. <laughs> That's Burl. You mean you don't like the jokes you're supposed to tell? The last one just got a laugh. Yeah, but who got the laugh? Burl. See? That's two for him. Ha <laughs> ha! That makes three. Oh, Eddie. And he's not even on the program. I've been in show business 40 years, and Well, I... how we mistreated you? Oh, I'd rather not talk about it. You probably think it's nothing, but to me it's... Well, all I know is that a half hour before the show today, everybody in the cast got coffee with sugar. 
And you got yours without sugar? No, I got a pastrami sandwich and a bottle of cherry soda. But what did you order? A pastrami sandwich and a bottle of cherry soda. So what? See? I knew you'd think it was nothing, but believe me, those nothings add up. Everybody else got coffee and sugar except me. I just don't like to be discriminated against. I've been in show business 40 yes, years. Yes, yes, you've just told me. That makes 120. I've seen it happen the same way. If you're a star, you've got to protect yourself. First, they take away your coffee and sugar. Then they take away your best jokes. Then your glasses. Then they take your name off the front of the theater. Then your agent can't get you any more work. And you spend all the money you've saved up. And your wife leaves you. And your daughter 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 leaves you. you. How many is that? Four. And your daughter leaves you. And then your son-in-laws throw you out. And you know what happens? You wind up on the street asking somebody if they can spare a dime for a cup of coffee with sugar. But, Eddie, you didn't order coffee in the first place. Just a minute. Hold that dialogue. Oh, dear. Now it's trouble with Jimmy Durante. Okay, Jimmy. Okay, what's your beef? I ain't got no beef. I ain't even got no pastrami sandwich. <laughs> But I didn't get any coffee. So what are you complaining about? What kind of grounds is coffee? I got something to holler about. No, actors, they're just like children, darlings. Oh, excuse me, children. I I take it back, darlings. All right, Jimmy, start hollering. Well, I walks in here this morning with Eddie Canner, and I'm wearing my Saturday best. I ain't been home all night. I'm a doll from the top of my Triholian hat to the bottom of... I'm a doll from the top of my Tyrolean hat to the bottoms <laughs> to the bottoms of my suede shoes with the gum soles. <laughs> Juicy fruit. <laughs> and I'm looking like a page right out of escrow. Escrow. <laughs> oh yes, darling, I remember. You and Eddie walked in together. Yes, and you ups to us and you says, "Good morning, Eddie. Good morning, Jimmy, darling." How are you, Jimmy, my sweet? You're looking swell, Jimmy. That's what hurts. Hurt? Why, Jimmy? Because you said good morning to Eddie first. (laughs) Because I said, Eddie, did you hear that? Isn't that that ridiculous? No, not at all. He didn't even notice it until I told him. I've been in show business 40 years, and that's the way it starts. First they say hello to your second. Then they say goodbye to your first. And then you're all washed up. Before I let myself get into a spot like that... I'd walk off the show. Well, goodbye, Eddie. Sorry you can't be with us. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not me. Not me, Jimmy. I was protecting you. You ought to walk off the program if they're not showing you the proper deference. That's the trouble with this show. Everybody is getting a different deference. Yep. <laughs> Jimmy, believe me, you're doing the wise thing. So long, kid. See you around. Oh, Jimmy, come back here. I'll read your jokes, Jimmy. I will not. This is sabotage. Can't you wait till the body gets cold? No, no, Jimmy. I need you on this show, and Eddie needs you. I need him? You see, Jimmy? Too late. So long, Tulu. So long, Eddie. So long, Merited. So long, Orchester. Oh, oh no. no. You can't have a show without the Randy. We don't care what anybody plays. Oh, you can't have a show without the Randy. Even if Tallulah was to do the hula hula. Oh, you can't have a show without the Randy. You gotta have the fabulous Jane. Here we got an orchestra. 
On this show, they need somebody that'll dress it up. <laughs> Give it a little culture. It's too uncoot. And I got plenty of coot and culture. <laughs> culture and art in my life play quite a part. A great sculptor makes my spine chill. Give me high class stuff, I just can't get enough. Show me any famous statue and I kill. I was standing in front of a statue of Venus de Milo the other day when a little old lady walked up, pointed to the statue and said, You see, that's, one hap- that's what happens when you bite your fingernails too much. <laughs> Take my eyes off the script and I'm gone. <laughs> but there's one guy called a thinker with his chin in his hands I've been watching him for years And I just can't understand What is the thinker thinking about? Why does he wrinkle his nose? Now, what is the thinker thinking about? Is he trying to remember where he left his clothes? Is it possible he don't know where his glasses are? Can it be that he's forgotten where he left his car? Now what is the thinker thinking about? He's so quiet, maybe he's a snob. Now I shouldn't butt in his business. I don't want to raise a fuss. It could be he's just waiting for a Greyhound bus. Now what is the thinker thinking about? Why it's time the bum got up and found a job. You know, I've always admired sculptors. Why, you know, I bumped into that famous sculptor Why, you know, I bumped into that famous sculptor who carved statues on mountains, and I noticed... (laughs) Shut up, Betty, will you please? (laughs) You'll have a talk in the wings later. (laughs) Why, you know, I bumped into that famous sculptor who carved statues on mountains, and I noticed he was looking at me in an interested way. I says, I'll bet you're thinking of carving my nose on a mountain. And he says, no, I'm thinking of carving a mountain on your nose. <laughs> you know, it gets me puzzled. I don't want to butt in. I don't want to butt in. I don't want to butt in this business. <laughs> That's all right, Meredith. Now, what is the thinker thinking about? Why, it's time the bum got up and found a job. Yes, sir. It's time the bum got up and found a job. Jimmy! (laughs) Jimmy! (laughs) Jimmy, that was very good, very good indeed. Thank you, Tallulah. Coming from you, that's the pinnacle of success. (laughs) 
You mean the pinnacle, don't you, darling? Pinnacle. I mean it in spades. <laughs> Jimmy, can I speak to you for a moment? While I'm available? What is it, Eddie? I don't want to make any trouble. But did you notice what she said when you finished your song? Yes, yeah, she says I was very good. Yeah, she said good. She didn't say you were the best. She didn't say you were better than anybody. She just said you were good. Best, better, good. You ran third. <laughs> well, that's show business. <laughs> Miss Bankett, I've been standing around here listening to those two elderly gentlemen arguing. I suppose now I'm going to have trouble with you, Perry Como. Well, you can't blame him, Miss Bankett. In the first place, they gave me sugar, but no coffee. You see that? Him, they gave sugar. In the second place, I've got a song I'd like to sing, and I'm going to sing it right now. hoop de doo hoop de doo I hear a polka and my troubles are through. Just a minute, <laughs> young man. You'll sing when I ask you to. And if you must know, you're on this program only because we had a little difficulty with Carmen Lombardo. <laughs> As it was explained to me, there was a slight accident. Seems he gargled his throat with the shampoo and it took the wave right out of his voice. <laughs> so please don't bother me. Go away. Oh, Miss Bankhead, don't think I'm not grateful just to be on the same stage with the first lady of the theater. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't he sweet? <laughs> Perry, darling, stand next to me and I'll see that you're protected on this program. Here, sweet, you may hold my menthol inhaler. <laughs> Gee, thanks, Miss Bankett. I hope you're not catching a cold. <laughs> so sweet of us. It's nothing serious, darling. It's just that I feel that my throat is getting a little husky. How can you tell? Uh, <laughs> isn't he sweet? Here, you may hold my purse, too. Oh, gee, thanks, Miss Bankhead. Perry, uh, can I speak to you for a minute? Yeah, what is it, Eddie? Look, Perry, I don't like to make trouble, see? I know you think you're doing pretty good with her, but I've seen this happen too, too many times. That's the way it starts. First, they make you hold their menthol inhaler. Then they make you hold their purse, and the first thing you know, you wind up holding the bag. I don't care what I have to do. I just want to sing my song in a good featured spot in this show. That's all. Look, son, let me tell you something. I've been in show business 40 years. That's a total of 160. <laughs> Stars in the theater are treated according to, to seniority. How long have you been in show business? Oh, about 10 years. An amateur. Listen to me. What did you do before that? I ran a little barbershop in Cannonsburg, Pennsylvania. Well, I'll tell you, Perry. You just wait around and you can sing your song when you hear somebody holler, Next! You were a barber. You know what next means? Wait a minute. How about me, Miss Bankhead? Oh, no, darling. Not a sweet young lady like you. You're not going to give us a bad time. Mindy Carson! Well, I have a song I'd like to do, Miss Bankhead. I didn't hear you, darling. What did you say? I said I have a song, and I'd like to do it. Isn't she sweet? In due time, darling. Well, no. I think I ought to do it next. Next? Hoop-de-doo, hoop-de-doo. <laughs> I hear a polka and my... No, not now, Perry. But you said next. I was talking to Mindy Carson. Mindy, you're a charming little girl, and we're all anxious to hear your song because I think you're one of the most delightful singers of your sex. hoop de doo hoop de doo I hear a poke. Perry, stop that. I said sex. hoop de doo <laughs> No, Perry, no down, boy. This is utter chaos. 
I beg your pardon, Miss Bankhead, but may I offer a suggestion? Jose Ferrer. You know, I have been listening to the raucous mewling of this infantile prattle with thinly veiled disdain, and I humbly offer a simple solution. Since there are so many, shall I say, uh, stars on this program, why not bring them on alphabetically? Oh, darlings, I just thought of the most brilliant idea. Since there's so many, shall we say, stars on this program, why not bring them on alphabetically? And since there's no A's, we'll start with B, as in Bankhead. Everybody agreed? Just a minute, I don't agree. Why not, Jimmy? Because I don't even know what alphabetically means. <laughs> it just means that we'll appear according to the letters of the alphabet. Oh, that's different. Then I go on second. A, D, C, B. No, Jimmy, it's A, B, C, D. New rules all the time. <laughs> well, it's unanimous. We'll start at the top of the alphabet. Hey, now, wait a minute. I don't like this whole thing. My name is Wilson, Meredith Wilson. By the time you get to me, Phil Harris will be playing my orchestra number in the next show. <laughs> now, come now, Meredith. Wait your turn like everybody else. Now, don't be a dissenter. In union, there is strength. My union's stronger than yours. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe I'm out of order, but uh, a waltz is never out of order. So here's While We're Young. Play, men.
magnificent as always. Yeah, but how did Wilson get into the alphabet before Durani? Don't tell me it's A-B-W-D. <laughs> I'm sorry, darling, it was a mistake. See that it don't happen again. I'm next. <laughs> I hear a no, Perry, please. Our next guest is Jose Ferrer. Ferrer is ahead of Durani. Since when does P.H. come before D? And that's doctor of philosophy, darling. This is hardly the time to be philosophical. Philosophical? I thought we were doing an alphabetical. <laughs> well, we are, Jimmy. And ladies and gentlemen, the first letter of the alphabet is A. A stands for America, first in all our hearts. Tonight we observe an anniversary of historical significance, an anniversary of deep, vital meaning to us all. To help make this observance a memorable one for every American, two great artists have joined us tonight. From the smash hit musical South Pacific comes Ray Middleton. From Hollywood and his triumphant success in Cyrano de Bezirac comes Jose Ferrer. Today, four score and seven years ago, almost to this hour, Abraham Lincoln delivered his great address at Gettysburg. And now in these troubled hours, it is with gratitude and solemn respect that we heed his words once more. Once again, the tall, shambling figure rises. Once again, he speaks the few, the immortal words. Four score and seven years ago, our forefathers brought forth on this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Now we are engaged in a great civil war, testing whether that nation or any nation so conceived and so dedicated can long endure. We are met on a great battlefield of that war. We have come to dedicate a portion of that field as a final resting place for those who here gave their lives that that nation might live. It is altogether fitting and proper that we should do this. But in a larger sense, we cannot dedicate, we cannot consecrate, we cannot hallow this ground. The brave men, living and dead, who struggled here have consecrated it far above our poor power to add or detract. The world will little note nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. It is for us, the living, rather to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they who fought here have thus far so nobly advanced. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us, that from these honored dead we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave the last full measure of devotion, that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation, under God, shall have a new birth of freedom and that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. America, America, America. 
sincere and moving reading I've never heard. Congratulations to you, Meredith Wilson and Ray Middleton. I heard the applause of the multitude and I came running out. <laughs> they must be clapping for me. And no, Jimmy, that was for Meredith Wilson, Jose Ferrer, and Ray Middleton. You mean they hired a big star like this guy, Ray Middleton, just to sing one chorus? That's the way we do things on this program, Jimmy. That's why it's the big show. And Ray Middleton, you were a dear to come over to sing for us. It was a pleasure, Miss Bankhead. Uh, Ray, just a minute. May I talk to you? Uh, yeah, what is it, Eddie? I don't like to make trouble, but did you notice something, Ray? You she calls dear, everybody else she calls darling. <laughs> Well, I don't see anything wrong about that. You don't see. Of course you don't. I've been in show business 40 years. Anybody keeping score? <laughs> Ray, I've seen it happen too many times. First, they take away your darling. Then they take away your dear. Then they say, 
Hey, you! Hey, you, Cantor! See what I mean? Yes, Miss Bankhead? Will you stop confusing our performers? I'm not trying to confuse anybody. All I'm trying to say is that I'd like to be treated equally with everybody else. A little more equal, if possible. Because, after all, I've been in show business 40 years, and I'd love to sing my song now. The score is now 40 love. Tennis, anyone? Go! <laughs> Jose, what was that for? Nothing. I just noticed that I hadn't anything to say here, and it seemed like a cue when you said 40 love. So I said, tennis, anyone? <laughs> I mean, Tallulah, it's just a bit of a joke. In the theater, it makes a sort of a merry entrance, if you know what I mean. Well, can you think of a merry exit, dear? Jose? Can I see you for a minute, Jose? <laughs> what is it, Eddie? I don't like to make any trouble, Jose, but... First, they take away your merry entrance. She won't let you say tennis, anyone. Then they give you the merry exit. And not only do you exit the stage, but pretty soon you have to exit the country and you wind up joining the Foreign Legion in Africa. Tunis, anyone? Oh, Jose, darling, we'll need you a little later in the show, so why don't you be a good boy and go downstairs and get yourself a sandwich? Oh, very well. Tuna, anyone? <laughs> look, look, wait a minute. I don't want to make any trouble. But I've been in show business 40 years, and there's one thing I've learned. This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company. The Big Show. This is the National Broadcasting Company Sunday Extravaganza with the most scintillating personalities in show business. This portion of the program is the Sunday feature of NBC's star-studded five-show festival of comedy, music, drama, and mystery, presented five nights a week, and brought to you by RCA Victor, world leader in radio, first in recorded music, first in television, and by the makers of Anison, for fast relief from pain of headache, neuritis, and neuralgia. The big stars in this program are Eddie Cantor, Mindy Carson, Perry Como, Jimmy Durante, Jose Ferrer, Bob Hope, Ray Middleton, Evelyn Barton, Meredith Wilson and his orchestra, and every week, your glamorous hostess, Miss Tallulah Bankhead. Darlings, we have so many stars on this show and so much temperament flying around that it's taken all the restraint and patience I can muster to make sure that everyone gets his fair share of the spotlight. Now, darlings, you've all heard the old song, Wish Upon a Star. What I wish upon these stars shouldn't happen to anyone. <laughs> Not even to Betty Davis. <laughs> well, we finally compromised, and each star has agreed to appear alphabetically. So we present next... Harry Como, didn't you just hear me say alphabetically? Yes, but you told me I was going to sing my song when somebody said next. No, darling, Eddie Cantor only told you that when he found out you once ran a barber shop. Now, will you please go backstage and wait your turn? Oh, now, look, I've got nothing to do back there. I've already played all my hit records twice. <laughs> well, go play some of Sinatra's hit records. I already played that one. <laughs> well, go cut somebody's hair. Hey, that's an idea. 
Next. Now we present in alphabetical order a man who has been in show business 40 years. Say, Tarua, uh, is it my turn now? No, Jimmy, it is not. I've already explained to you. I'll call you when I want you. How long will it be? Not too long, darling. Okay, Perry, just a haircut. <laughs> and not too short, darling. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce at this time... A man who's been in show business 40 years. 40 years. Don't tell me Crosby's on this show. Bob Hall! Okay, I'll take charge now. Move over, darling. <laughs> Robert. You weren't here before, but everyone on the big show has agreed to appear in alphabetical order. Oh, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Bob Aronson, double A. <laughs> Hope, leave this stage until I call for you. Don't you lower your voice to me. <laughs> I knew you when you were Lewis Calhern. <laughs> Darling, why don't you hit the road backstage? Not me. One more haircut and I look like Peter Lynn Hayes. <laughs> I look like Mary Healy as it is. Well, now, look, we have a show to do here, darling, and if we don't get it along, we'll have every vice president of the place on our necks. Hoop-de-doo, hoop-de-doo. No, Perry, not yet. What was that? It sounded like the mating call of a mashed potato. What was it? <laughs> Now, look, Bob, darling, why don't you just sit here and watch the show until it's your turn? Here's a script, darling. I'll have somebody read it to you. Yep. <laughs> watch this show? No, thanks. I'll be back later. I'm going across the street and watch the original. The original what? Betty Davis and All About Eve. <laughs> I mustn't even think... I'll repeat that. I mustn't even think of calling him what I'm thinking. And so, darlings, on with the schmoe. Oh, I mean on with the show. So at long last, it is my pleasure to introduce a man who has been in show business 40 years. 42 years. I've aged two years since you started introducing me. Eddie Keller! Well, I'm back on radio again, and it's like coming home. In my book, radio is still big time, like this big show. But I remember the early days of radio. It was back in 1930, exactly 20 years ago, that I started my first program. It was an hour show every Sunday night for a coffee company. Since then, a new generation has sprung up, but some of you may remember. I love to spend this Sunday with you. As friend to friend, I hope you do too. Yes, those were the days, gosh. Remember? Remember Jimmy Wallington, my announcer? He's still doing very well, you know. And remember Rubinoff and the magic of his violin? He's doing very well too under the name of Evelyn. Ah, <laughs> uh, gosh, when I started in radio, the Lone Ranger was just a Boy Scout. John had only one wife, and Duz was too young to do it. <laughs> oh, yes. And we had some wonderful jokes in those Chase and Sanborn days. I remember the one about the psychiatrist. Woman went to the psychiatrist and said, you must do something for my boy. He thinks he's a chicken. 
Psychiatrist says, what makes you think so? She says, he goes around the house clucking all day. He keeps pecking at his food. Psychiatrist says, bring him in here. I'll convince him he's not a chicken. She says, oh, we can't do that. We need the eggs. <laughs> and then I told the one about the woman at the Astor Hotel with a lot of bundles in the arms. She turned to me and she said, would you mind holding the door open, Sonny? I said, Sonny, I said, Madam, I'd like to have you know I'm the father of five girls. She said, would you mind repeating that? I said, not if I can help it. <laughs> ah, yes. But a comedian, no matter how funny, is dependent entirely on his material. Night after night, you go to bed hoping you'll dream up a new gag, a screamingly funny line. There's no sleep. No sleep for any of us. Always there's a pounding, pounding in your brain. Who, who was, was, who was that lady I seen you with? Jokes, jokes, pounding in my brain again. Jokes, jokes, riddles to explain again. Farmer jokes, drummer jokes. These are cold, those are hot. Winter jokes, summer jokes, summer jokes, summer not. When the program has been done, another program is begun. Jokes, jokes, find the subject, start to kid it. Soon you find that Wynn did it, Durante did it, even Danny Thomas did it, Groucho did it, Hope did it, the guy who's selling soap did it. If you hit on something good, they grab it up in Hollywood. Harris, funny fellow, does it. Learn that Abbott and Costello does it. Then it's kicked from coast to coast, refusing to give up the ghost. Soon it's dead, out of date. No one dares to do it. Wait, who's has found a novel twist? that the other minds had missed. So it's polished up and then the vicious cycle starts again. Wynn does it, Durante does it, even Danny Thomas does it, Groucho does it, Hope does it, the guy who's selling soap does it. Gag, fun, kids today are reared on it. Joke, fun, each one has a beard on it. Find a new one, pull a killer, someone hollers, that's Joe Miller. Jokes, puns, quips, gags, comics, Critics, stooges, wags, laughs, 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 laughs. But from now on, I'll be tough on guys who want to steal my stuff. And to my fellow comics, this challenge I hurl. Let's go and steal our jokes back from Mr. Milton Berle. And oh... All the songs that we sang in those days. That's it, Meredith. Josephine and Joe were so in love. Oh, so in love. So much in love. In the hall for hours they would stay. When Josephine came in, she'd hear her mother say, Josephina, please no leader, I'm the bell. When you mush, please no push the bell. I heard Mrs. Caruso telling Mrs. O'Flynn, somebody keeps ringing, but nobody comes in. You can squeeze all you please, that's all right. But don't keep us from sleep every night. When you make love in the hall, stay away from the wall. Josephina, please, Nolina, I'm the bell. Oh, you come up from work and you want the sup. I'm a cook of the nice macaron. Then you make you sit down. Then you make you get up for your fella he call on the phone. Or you go to the park and you sit in the dark and you make it what they call it a pet. It's a lipstick here, it's a lipstick there. You don't get it from eating spaghetti. Oh, you say goodnight about 11 o'clock. That's what a good gal should do. But you take it too long when you say goodnight. You don't finish till half past two. Say, why you don't bring your fellow upstairs? Ravioli with peppers I cook. 
you can make it a love with a kiss and a hug and a mom and a pop and a look. Don't I bring you up when I make you fat with a soup and a pasta fazool? But you stay up until late and I make you thin. What's the matter? You making me fool? Why, you don't get married and raise the fam. Then I make you the promise I keep. I'll buy you the furnishing, pay for the rent, and we all can get us some sleep. Josephina, please don't lean on the bell. When you mush, please don't push the bell. You could have so much fun with that son of a gun. But Josephina, please don't lean on the bell. Yes, that was radio, and it began to grow up. And radio will continue to grow. So if you got a piece of furniture around the house that you've been neglecting, dust it off, turn the knob, that's your radio. There's plenty of life in it yet, and there always will be. Radio has stood you in good stead all these years. All the entertainment you got on it. And remember those anxious years through the war when we huddled close to it to hear a word of comfort? It was the only link we had with our loved ones overseas. It brought us VE Day, VJ Day, and it will always continue to bring again, sing again, the things you wanted to. It loves to spend an hour with you. If you'd like to know a quick, easy way to ease the pain of a headache, neuritis, or neuralgia, then by all means, try Anison. Your own dentist or physician may, at one time or another, have handed you an envelope containing Anison tablets. Then you already know how incredibly fast and effectively Anison brings relief. Anison is like a doctor's prescription. That is, Anison contains not just one, but a combination of medically proven active ingredients. For your own sake, try Anison. Anison is sold to you on this guarantee. If the first few tablets do not give you all the relief you want as fast as you want it, you may return the unused portion and your money will be refunded. You can get Anison tablets at any drug counter. Anison comes in handy boxes of 12 and 30 tablets and economical family-sized bottles of 50 and 100. And now, darlings, we would like to present... Now... Chalou? No, Jimmy, darling, not yet. It's alphabetical. Carson, Como, and then Durante. Can't you read the script? Just follow the text. Hoop-de-doo, hoop-de-doo. <laughs> oh, Perry, it's not your turn to sing. We're going to hear from Mindy Carson. Here I am, Miss Bankhead. Oh. Mindy, darling. <laughs> Mindy, darling, this is Jimmy Durante, darling. Jimmy, darling, this is Mindy Carson, darling. How do you do, Miss Darling? How do you do, but my name is Carson. Oh, how do you do? I know your father, Jack Carson. <laughs> oh, then you must know my uncle, Dennis Morgan. No, I don't believe I do. I don't know Dennis Morgan, Mindy, but I know Dennis King. You know Dennis King? I thought you was Dennis King. <laughs> now, we've been through 
three rehearsals of this show, and I still don't understand that line. <laughs> don't get it at all. My sweet, dear Mindy, I just noticed how your lovely hairdo, was it Pierre? No, Perry. Sing your song, dear, whatever it is. <laughs> it's my new RCA Victor recording. Looks like a cold, cold winter. Looks like a cold, cold winter Plenty of ice and snow But we'll keep the love light In our hearts aglow Looks like a long, long winter Baby, what do we care As long as we have our other hearts to share It's gonna be cold outside Gonna be warm inside So we'll cuddle up by the cozy fire Side by side looks like a cold, cold winter Summer is far away until then, I love you more and more each day. Looks like a cold, cold winter. Baby, what do we care? As long as we have each other's love to share It's gonna be cold outside Gonna be warm inside So we'll cuddle up by the cozy fire Side by side looks like a cold, cold winter Summer is far away until then, I love you more and more each day. That was lovely, Mindy. Oh, thank you, I'm Ms. a great admirer of your singing talent. Oh, thank you, Miss Bankhead. I sing, too, you know. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh. Didn't you hear last week's show, darling? Yes, I did. Well, don't be difficult here. <laughs> I mean, tell me what you thought. Well, I'd like to come back on this show, Miss Bankhead. No. <laughs> darling, are you implying that I'd have you taken off the show because you didn't like my singing? Speak up, child. You can give me your honest, frank opinion. Besides, there are other shows, you know. Did you hear me sing? Yes, I did. Well? Not very. Give my regard to Sammy Kay next week. <laughs> All performers are like petty jealousies. I remember a few years ago, uh, I was about to open a play. I asked a friend of mine to come to see me at the rehearsal. I wanted her frank and honest opinion of my performance. So I called her up the day of the dress rehearsal. Hello, darling. Is that you? Who's that? It's me. Who? Me. Oh, it's you. 
darling. Uh, darling, would you do me a great favor? What, Tallulah? Now, could you drop everything right away and come to my dress rehearsal tonight? Your dress rehearsal? Yes, dear. I thought it was this afternoon. Uh, no, dear, it's tonight. Well, what did you do, postpone it? No, dear, it's always been tonight. I thought it was this afternoon. No, dear, it's tonight. Oh, what's the matter? Well, darling, everything's the matter. The play's terrible, and I'm terrible, and my clothes are terrible. I suppose I, I'm so close to it that I can't get any perspective on it. And I want a fresh point of view, and I want someone who's never seen it and who doesn't know anything. I mean, anything about this particular play. And I want someone I can believe and who really tell me the truth. So you will come, won't you, darling? Well, I, I'd love to, but I was... Oh, that's not... wonderful, darling, you're saving my life. Now, look, I want you to watch everything, every little single thing. Have you got a, a paper and pencil there? Yes, I have. Well, now, write I... these things down, darling, so you won't forget them. Now, have a good look at my yellow dress. I know it makes me look as fat as a pig. And watch my makeup. The lighting is ghastly. But listen, I want to ask uh, you Yes, something. I know. Now, what is it? And watch my hands. Now, tell me, tell me if I move them about too much. And watch the scene on the sofa. Yes, but how will I get out of... And particularly watch my scene with the door in the second act. I'm afraid it doesn't get over. It's one of those little uh, symbolic bits, and I don't know yet what it means. Nobody knows. So watch it, darling. Yes, but how will I get out of... Now, watch everything I do, darling. And come back to my dressing room afterwards, and we'll go over the whole thing together, huh? Oh, you're an angel to do this. Eight o'clock sharp, and I'll see you afterwards, huh? Goodbye. Oh, I'm exhausted, Rose. I don't want to see anyone except that woman who's coming to talk to me about the play. She's been taking notes, and it's very important. Is she back yet? Well, where is she? Why isn't she here? I'm here. What's she doing? Well, when she comes in, keep everyone else out. I'm exhausted. I don't know how I look as well as I do. You! Oh, there she is, darling. Come in. Let her in, Rose. Oh, darling, this is too wonderful of you. Have a drink. Uh, get her a drink, Rose. Get her a cigarette. Where's the chair? Now, look, darling. Now, sit down and tell me everything. Have you got your notes? I is the light all right? Oh, you're such an angel. Rose, you stand outside and don't let anyone else in. Uh, tell them I've gone. Tell them I've left the premises. Now. Now, you know, darling. Yes, dear. I'm going to tell you exactly what I thought. Oh, well, of course, that's what I want. <laughs> you don't know what it means to me, darling, having to do this. You know how it is. I mean, we were all so close to it, and people just say, oh, you're marvelous. But that isn't what I want. Anyone can say, oh, you're marvelous. I don't want to know what's marvelous. I want to know what is wrong. You know what I mean. Very, very well. Now, uh, first... How'd you like my clothes, darling? Well, they were all right. Now, first... Didn't you like them? <laughs> yes, they were all right, except... Except that yellow dress, and you were right about that. It does make you look fat. Where does it make me look fat? <laughs> All over, dear. <laughs> Where were you sitting? Down front. Oh, well, that was it. <laughs> it looks all right from further back, darling. That's what it was designed for. It's meant to be seen in perspective. You can't get the proper effect at all when you're so close, you know. I, I see. Now, about your first entry... Oh, how was my scene at the door? Well, you were right about that, too. It didn't get over. How do you mean, it didn't get over? It wasn't very clear, dear. I didn't know what you were doing. <laughs> you didn't know what I was doing? Are you sure you're thinking of the right scene? I, I mean, the one in the second act, after he goes. 
And I go up and hurl myself against the door and sob. <laughs> Just once, of course, you see. And then stand and turn the knob gently back and forth as if I could still feel his hand on it. Didn't you get anything from that at all? You didn't? No, dear. I just thought the door had stuck. <laughs> Where were you sitting? In the same seat. I mean, you weren't on the side. No, dear. I was in the center. Well, I only asked because I thought perhaps you might have seen it from a bad angle. Uh, do you think maybe the door was too far off stage? No, dear. The door was perfectly all right. <laughs> well, you know, I think you must be wrong about that. <laughs> Oh, if I thought you weren't, I'd be the very first to say so. But I think you're wrong, darling. You see, I've studied that scene. I've studied it from every angle. And I think the way I play it is the only way to play it. It may not have been awfully clear to you, dear. It's uh, subtle. No, I think that scene's all right. Now, tell me about my hands, darling. Did I move them too much? A little, I thought. Where? In the scene where you listen to the will, you should sit uh, perfectly still there. I do sit perfectly still there, as I remember, don't I? No, dear, you move your hands constantly. Well, I can't stop breathing. <laughs> I can't be absolutely motionless. You should be. Why? Because then you'd stand out, dear, and as it, as it is, you, you distract. From what? From the play, dear. Don't you see, darling, if you just sat there and did absolutely nothing at all, you would stand out as the one calm figure on the stage. Well, I just don't agree with you, darling, that's all. I mean, I have to do something while he's making that long speech. And anyway, darling, I don't move my hands. I merely twist the handkerchief. As a matter of fact, that's the one scene where I've been careful of my hands. No, all I meant was, was there any place where I did move them too much? No. Oh, well, how was the play as a whole? I thought it... I thought it dragged in spots. <laughs> Well, now, do you really think you can judge any play in rehearsal? Don't, don't you think you have to see it with an audience? Maybe. How was my makeup? Marvelous. How, how was the scene on the sofa? Marvelous. Oh, how's the scene with the doctor? Perfectly marvelous. Oh, that's a terribly funny scene, isn't it? <laughs> terribly funny. Oh, you know, <laughs> I can hardly read some of those lines in rehearsals. We all used to laugh so much. <laughs> my dear, we nearly died. Oh, 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 but, but how was the first I couldn't? Perfectly marvelous. Well, then you don't think I have a thing to worry about? Not a thing in the world, darling. Oh, darling, isn't that perfectly marvelous? Perfectly marvelous. <laughs> You're very kind, darlings. The title of that charming vignette was A Matter of Perspective, and it was written by a talented actress and writer, Miss Patricia Collins, and was dramatized by special permission of the New Yorker magazine. The part of my friend was played by the distinguished actress of the New York stage, Miss Evelyn Varden, who is currently appearing on Broadway in Hilda Crane. <laughs> Here's a word from RCA Victor. If you love plays, how would you like to be not just a first-nighter, but an every-nighter without ever standing in a ticket line? If you love music but live far from the metropolitan aria area, how would you like to hear and see the great singers of our time anyway without even taking a train? If you love boxing, how would you like to see the major matches so close up you can see the twinkling of every black eye? It could go on forever. The list of fun you'll enjoy 
Once you visit your RCA Victor dealers and choose your television set from 18 beautiful new RCA Victor million-proof models. Whichever RCA Victor set you choose, you'll get such beautiful styling you'll have to send out for new adjectives to describe it. And you'll get that peerless engineering quality which has made RCA Victor television far and away America's favorite. The proven pride of over a million families. Follow their lead tomorrow. A million American families can't be wrong. Now, let me see. Cantor, Carson... Uh, say, Miss Bankhead... Yes, Mary's darling. I sure like that part you just took off about the actress who called up her friend about her fat yellow dress. Yes, darling. And now, if you don't mind... It uh, reminded me of the time back in Mason City, Iowa... That's my hometown, you know. And uh, I was playing in the high school band, Mason City High School. That's in Mason City. How convenient. Yes. <laughs> well, sir, I played the piccolo. That's a very difficult instrument, the piccolo. Aren't many people who can play the piccolo. Matter of fact, there aren't many people who want to play the piccolo. <laughs> Piccolo's a wind instrument. And who isn't, darling? <laughs> exactly. Well, sir, there was a fellow sitting on one side of me, played uh, triple tongue on the cornet, and uh, he was a junior. And the fellow on the other side of me, he was playing double tongue on the cornet. He was only a sophomore. Meredith, if you don't get on with this revolting little saga. Well, sir, uh, one day the band was playing Coming Through the Rye, and there I was sandwiched in between these two cornet players. The triple tongue fellow on one side and the double tongue fellow on the other. And there I stood with my piccolo. <laughs> Now, that's very funny, darling. Now, if you'll just go... Well, if you think that's funny, wait till I get to the funny part. <laughs> you see, I asked my friend Ernie to come down and see if he could hear my piccolo between the triple-tongue cornet and the double-tongue cornet. That's Ernie Wagner, not to be confused with Ernie Byer, who ran the drugstore back in Mason City. Uh, Ernie Byer didn't know much about music. He didn't know much about drugs either. I remember one day old lady Frisbee had a prescription filled, and Doc Byer, we used to call him Doc, I never did know why. Isn't this awful? Yes. <laughs> Stop, I'll pour wet cement in this piccolo. Bob Hope, am I glad you're back. Meredith, you can run along. Bob Hope? Well, Milton DeLug. <laughs> <laughs> I expected more back here, you know. <laughs> Uh, no, no, Bob, I'm Meredith Wilson. Either way, you're not going to get to Car Carnegie Hall. <laughs> Why did I sit next to Durante? <laughs> Speak up, I got it, all right. They have a coach from the dramatic school. <laughs> Speak up, boy. What's on your mind? <laughs> make it fast. I'm doing a benefit in 20 minutes for the members of your band. Well, uh, you know, Mr. Hope, I'm a big fan. What's that? I say I'm a big fan. Yes, you have. <laughs> I, uh, 
I even listen to you and you're on Bing Show. Oh, Bing Show. Oh, yes. One of the Gary Crosby Enterprises, yes. <laughs> well, sir, I was just telling Miss Bankett a story that happened back in Mason City, Iowa. Meredith, I... you're not going to continue that nauseating little yarn about the time you ate a triple-decker tongue sandwich on rye. <laughs> this Bing Show is getting smaller every minute. <laughs> you know, it's time for the old pro to step in, old reliable himself. Introduce me, will you, Tulu? Ladies and gentlemen, Tommy Henry. <laughs> Oh, I'm doing real great here so far. I'm a straight man for a station break. <laughs> Say, would you mind if I slipped a few gems in here or are you warming Maury Amsterdam up in the bullpen? <laughs> All right, darling. But I must give you an introduction befitting your statue. Well, now you're talking. I'll give you a big, fat introduction. Where are your yellow dress, chubby? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we on the big show feel we're extremely lucky to uh, have uh, luck. Uh, watch your language. Oh, excuse me, darling. Ladies and gentlemen, we on the big show feel we're extremely Chesterfield to have with us Bob. <laughs> Bob, he brought all our boys laughs and good cheer by riding a jeep all through Korea and now can't sit down on his sofa, Hope. <laughs> Thank you very much, Tolulu. I have six or seven hundred jokes here. I'll tell them in alphabetical order. I want to tell you it's a great thrill to be on this big show, ladies and gentlemen, with all this stars. We've got enough stars here for a congressional investigation. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful? And they have everything. You should see the orchestra here. It looks like Petrillo's wedding. And they have... <laughs> they have another fellow here running around with some uh, headphones on. He's listening to see how the other networks are doing. <laughs> I'm finally glad to get on the mic alone, too. I've been sitting over in that couch for three days. <laughs> Can you imagine being on a couch for a half hour with Jose Ferrer? <laughs> you didn't do a thing for me. <laughs> and vice versa. <laughs> and he keeps calling me Cyrano. What a parlay. Jose Ferrer, Durante, and me. They ought to call this show Three Noses East. <laughs> the couch looks like the waiting room in a plastic surgeon's office. <laughs> well, I really enjoyed it here with Eddie Cantor. He looks wonderful at his, his age. And I love that... Uh, <laughs> I love Jimmy Durante. Wasn't he wonderful up here? I made a... I love the way he works. I made a mistake and went to school, but I want to tell you <laughs> that this is really the most wonderful show with all these stars. This is either going to break Jack Benny or the Rockefellers. <laughs> but you were right, Tallulah. Our little band of stage-struck gypsies did take a jeep ride through Korea, but we only took the short ride. We saw a lot of kids over there riding jeeps, tanks, and jets from Pusan to Manchuria. You know, it's a rugged war. But when we need it, ruggedness is made in America. And our boys are proving it over in Korea. Man, how we traveled on that trip. We were on instruments for hours going through rain, sleet, wind, fog, and snow. I'll never forget that bus ride to the Los Angeles airport. <laughs> but, we visited, 
But we visited a lot of spots, Honolulu, Guam, Tokyo, Korea, and the Aleutian Islands, wherever people smoke Chesterfields. <laughs> 15,000 miles because I didn't read the small print in my contract. <laughs> Honolulu is a beautiful spot. As a tourist pulls into Honolulu Harbor, they put a layer of flowers around his neck and say, welcome to the paradise of the Pacific Aloha. Translated, that means, boy, is this going to cost you. <laughs> Isn't that a wonderful audience? They're still frozen there from the last Sonia Henney show. <laughs> but I loved Honolulu. Godfrey spent a few weeks there this summer teaching the natives how to play the ukulele. <laughs> and did you know Godfrey's in the Navy? They had to let him in. He threatened to buy his own. Godfrey is really a big operator, in fact, over at that other place. <laughs> they told me to read it that way. Over at that other place, when they mentioned Godfrey's name, they dropped the last syllable. You know, <clears throat> I can't wait. It's only an hour and a half. When we landed... But back to the trip. You know, when we landed at Okinawa, I was met by a native hand, band, band. <laughs> I was, thank you. I stuck out my hand and said, Bob Hope, USA. Leader said, bongo, bongo, MCA. <laughs> I was around there during the last war. I went ashore with the second wave at Saipan. First one was married. <laughs> wave, that's an old salt with a new shaker. But you know, somehow... <laughs> takes a long while to get up there, doesn't it? <laughs> First time I've ever worked to a layer cake. You know, somehow... <laughs> Balcony. You gotta get a sore neck in this place. You know, somehow, somehow this trip was different from the others I've been on. The GIs are so much more polite. In the last war, they treated me rough and tough. But now every time I land at an airfield, they throw a shawl around me and help me over the puddle. <laughs> what a joke. I never should have borrowed a writer from Mark Perkins. <laughs> but I want to say that we're very indebted to the Air Force for flying us around in this little junket. We had a smooth trip over. First, we flew at an altitude that didn't bother me, but we had to go up higher because the salt water was ruining the tires. <laughs> but we were going about 300 miles an hour when I looked out and saw what I thought was a flying saucer. It turned out to be my stomach going in the other direction. <laughs> but you know, I was thinking today, with those fast planes and atomic bombs, I sometimes think we're moving at too mad a pace. Wouldn't it be awful if the Republicans got in just as the world went out? <laughs> Well, it was a wonderful trip, and what a reception we got in Tokyo. You should have heard the screams when I got off the plane. I unfastened the wrong belt. <laughs> but actually, actually, ladies and gentlemen, I don't think we have to worry about the Korean War anymore. Warner Brothers has alerted Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> no, I'm just being a little whimsical. Very little. The government has the situation pretty well in hand right now. That's why I don't like the word taxes. What it all adds up to is an insurance policy for peace. And I'm happy to be paying premiums. And that's what I like about this big show. They pay so well. <laughs> Through taxes, I'm going to have my salary sent directly to the government. That way we eliminate the middleman. <laughs> Me. 
I'll never complain about taxes, though. I know you can't take it with you. I just like to look at it while I'm here. <laughs> but higher taxes doesn't really matter because money is getting so it has little value. The other night at the Stork Club, I pulled out a $5 bill and Lincoln said, please, not here. I look so shabby. I must say you were superb. I know, it's in my contract. <laughs> now, Tulu, how about the loot, the money, huh? Uh, that's not my department, darling. Well, the money's not really for me. I'm taking up a collection for Tammany Hall. <laughs> but really, what about the money? How do we get paid here, in cash? Uh, no, darling, we all get checks. Hoop-de-doo! <laughs> <laughs> that reminds Why, his voice is changing. <laughs> I'm... Now, shut up, Bob. I must introduce Perry Como. He's going to sing now. Uh, just a minute. Excuse me. I, I'd like to talk to you, Bob. Uh, can I see you? Oh, I'm sorry, Eddie. If it's about one of your daughters, I'm already married. <laughs> and if it's about a son, you can't adopt me. Yeah. No, Bob. What I have to tell you is for your benefit. I've been in show business 40 years. It wasn't for my benefit. <laughs> no, I'm serious, Bob. I don't like to make any trouble, but I don't know if you noticed it, but I sang a song on this program, Durante sang, and now they're going to have Como sing. Why don't you sing, Robert? Eddie, if you're going to make trouble for me again... No, no, I'm not making trouble. I've been in show business 40 years. I'm only trying to protect this boy. Thank you, Grandma Moses. <laughs> no, no, don't, don't joke about it. I've seen it happen too many times. First they take away your songs, then they take away your jokes... Then you take your name off the theater, and the first thing you know, you wind up as an old movie on television. Yeah, I've seen your television show. You know, Eddie, <laughs> TV is a pretty tough racket for an old-timer. How do you feel? You don't look it. <laughs> Give me a chance, will you? <laughs> me too. I had my other muscles with me, that's... <laughs> Ida! <laughs> She's rehearsing. Yep. <laughs> If you feel anything, cut in, honey. Go ahead. Anytime. I'm just about to, brother. Well, I went to my doctor last week. Where for is that? Oh, well, yes, yes, yes. Cheers, Bob. <laughs> oh, we're getting back to this stuff. Oh. Yes, I see. I went to my doctor last week for a checkup. He said I look better on fluoroscope than I do on TV. He's not a doctor. He's a critic. Yep. <laughs> Isn't he funny? <laughs> what are you wearing, a feathered girdle? No. <laughs> If it's about one of your daughters, I'm already married. <laughs> Come in quickly, Eddie. There it is, baby. <laughs> Tanulu, we're on page 38. Why don't you get a crew cut so you can see the script? Uh, Say, well, what are you saying about television, Eddie? Well, it's a tough business. As if I didn't have enough troubles, Ida came on my last show. I gave her one line, and she loused it up. But now she's state-struck. There she is back there now. Hello, Ida! You're waving at Durante. Yep. Oh, oh, oh. Now, look here. If everybody's through waving at his wife and five daughters, he can kind of take three giant steps back from this microphone. There's a little unfinished business I'd like to attend to about a song. Well, if you insist, for my first number, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to sing an old English madrigal, I'll Be Suing You. I don't mean you, Bob. Pick it up. 
Since the show began, now you listen to me, Bob and Eddie. I've been trying to do a song, and I'm going to sing it now. You're going to sing? Mm-hmm. I didn't know a foghorn could get a union card. <laughs> what are you singing, Asleep in the Deep? No, it's give my regards to Broadway. The first week when I sang it, there were some letters complaining that I was off key. Oh, don't mind them. I, I wrote them in a fit of temper. <laughs> well, then last week, that adorable, ridiculous Groucho March, Marx, <laughs> ad-libbed so much we didn't have time to finish the song. Now, I want you to listen to me, Bob, and I want your frank and candid opinion. Okay, I'll go stand by that open window. If I'm lucky, I may fall out. <laughs> This is your note, Miss Bankhead. Thank you very much. Give my regards to Broadway. Remember me to Herald Square. Tell all the gang at 42nd Street that I will soon be there. Whisper of how I'm yearning. Domingo with the old-time throng. Give my regards to old Broadway and say that I'll be there alone. Uh, you've just heard Miss Tallulah Bankhead in a beautiful rendition of Give My Regards to 7th Avenue. <laughs> to Broadway. You're still a block away. <laughs> Isn't he funny? <laughs> uh, Godfrey's talent scouts went that way. <laughs> hey, that joke's bad enough to be on television. Come to think of it, so are you. <laughs> Please, Bob, Tallulah, two stars of your magnitude bickering in public. It's not nice, and I'll tell you why. You're right, Eddie. I'm sorry, Tallulah, I apologize. Because I've been in show business 40 years. Oh, no, Bob. You're not going to get the audience on your side by being big about an apologizing. I'm as big as you are. Bigger. Oh. <laughs> and in those 40 years, I've always treated my fellow actors an equal, except when it came to Billy. But don't worry, Miss Bankett. I don't mind apologizing. I can take it. I have broad shoulders. Darling, you're padding your parts. <laughs> Look who's talking about padding. Bob! <laughs> In spite of my 40 years in show business, I am basically a family man. I remember when my first daughter was born. Bob, I liked you much better when you wore a mustache and called yourself Jerry Colonna. <laughs> well, no offense, men, of course. I liked you much better than all about Eve. Offense, men, of course. <laughs> my first daughter's name was Marjorie, and then came my second daughter, Natalie. 
Bob, if you're referring to Betty Davis, I happen to be one of her fondest admirers. I see all her pictures time and again. How else can you learn? <laughs> the next year came Edna. <laughs> Robert, that was a cruel, cruel thing to say. I've been acclaimed in the theater for my portrayals of Brittle Ruthless Women. There is a little bank at the actress, but there is another Tallulah Bankhead, the woman, and you have hurt her deeply. Oh, now, wait a minute. I was only... Oh, no, Bob, don't say it. There's nothing you can say. The wound was too deep, and I shall carry the scar forever. Oh. <laughs> Gee, kid, I'm sorry I said it. You know, I think you're one of the great actresses of our time. Yeah, quite a performance, wasn't it? Let Betty Davis top that. I'm the original. She came after me by one year. That was a mad lip. And then came Marilyn. <laughs> Say, that was a great performance, Tallulah. You really booby-trapped me with that little tearjerker. You know, I'm thinking of doing a picture, and I'd love to have you for my leading lady. Ah, oh, you're joking. I've been trying to, but your writers got here before mine. <laughs> so I'm serious now. There's, there's a wonderful dramatic part in this picture for you, Tallulah. I play the part of Pete Johnson, and you're my wife, and you decide to leave me, and you try to take our dog and her litter of puppies with you. But I won't give them up. And that's where you have a very dramatic speech, where you try to make Pete give you the dog and the puppies. Show me how you deliver that speech. All right, uh, darling. Peter, give me the litter. Oh, what am I saying? <laughs> I could do a little tricking myself, you know. <laughs> the next year, I went on the road. Uh, <laughs> This is silly of you to try to start a feud between Betty and me. If the truth were known, do you know that we are the best of friends, Betty Davis and, and I? I know, Tulu. I saw Bet before I left Hollywood, and she told me that when I got to New York, I should call you. Really, darling? But, but I can't tell you what. <laughs> and then came Janet. Oh. Bob, I, I don't believe that. Betty and I have always been very frank with each other. There's nothing, nothing I'd say behind her back that I wouldn't say to her face. Either one of them. And then came Prohibition. Oh, Eddie, we've neglected you. What have you been saying, darling? I've been a showbiz. <laughs> I've been a showbiz. Give me his pages. <laughs> I've been a showbiz this 40 years. Well, I, well, this is where I came in. So long, Tulu. Oh, no, wait, Bob. No, wait. The show isn't over. We've had a most charming little chat, and I'd like to talk to you some more before you leave, huh? Okay, I'll go up to the dressing room and wash off the blood. I'll have a rub down and a massage. Will you join me? <laughs> See you later, Bob. Say, Como, a rub down and a massage. Hey, Bob, wait. Wait, I'll go with you. I don't like to make any trouble, but that's the way it always happens. So you see, first they give you a massage, then they rub you out altogether. You know what I mean? Now, let me see. I still have credit. Come on, my lady. I'd better let him sing his song now. Now, Tallulah? No, I'm sorry, Jimmy. Perry Como's ahead of you in the alphabet. There's only 52 letters in the alphabet, not counting the jokers. And I'm getting lost in a shuffle. <laughs> no, you're not, darling. Perry Como's going to sing right now. Coma, since when does K come before D? Como is spelled with a C. Oh, Perry Somo. Why didn't you say so? I'll be back later. <laughs> All right. Perry Como, you're next. Well, it's about time. I'm sorry you had to wait this long. Did you have a bad time of it? Oh, no, no. I've been doing very well. Counting tips. I sold a few packets of Chesterfield, you know. Oh, I'm glad. Now, tell me, Perry, have you made any new records lately? I just cut a fellow's hair backstage in one minute and four seconds flat. 
No, my pet. I mean your recordings. Oh, oh, you mean my RCA Victor records. They're selling like hotcakes. Really? Well, I must try that sometime, darling. How do you do that? You put the butter between two records and pour the syrup on top? Well, you try it that way while I sing Patricia. Hmm? Okay, darling. Oh, Patricia, my darling Patricia I can see all my dreams in your eyes Your smile is as gay as a bright summer day You're much fairer than Aaron's blue skies Oh, Patricia, my lovely Patricia You could make all my dreaming come true my heart is just droolin', Patricia, no foolin', I'm falling in love with you. Oh, Patricia, my darling, Patricia, I can see all my dreams in your eyes. Your smile is as gay as a bright summer day. You're much fairer than Aaron's blue skies. Oh, Patricia, my lovely Patricia, you could make all my dreaming come true. My heart is just drooling. Patricia, no fooling. I'm falling in love with you. Patricia, my lovely Patricia, you could make all my dreaming come true. My heart is just drooling, Patricia, no fooling. I'm falling in love. I'm falling in love. I'm falling in love. I liked it that way. Oh, now? Toulouse? Uh, not now. Yeah, oh, yes, now, Jimmy. Oh, I thought so, but you ain't getting me to follow that, kid. Why not? Because I don't want to show up as Bush. <laughs> By the way, kid, let me give you a little bit of advice. Yes, Mr. Durante? I've been in show business 40 years. <laughs> I kind of like you, kid. You give a good haircut. What's that with the song you just sang? Oh, you mean Patricia? Patricia, that's no song for you. I'll give you one of mine. I got a million of them. How about singing I'm Jimmy the Well-Dressed Man? Of course, you'll have to change your name. Well, why wouldn't I sing I'm Perry the Well-Dressed Man? Well, that's the cowardly way out. <laughs> On second thought, you couldn't sing it at all. Look at them clothes you're wearing. Look at my clothes. Who's your tailor? Oh, I wouldn't call him that. <laughs> Close at Saks Fifth Avenue. I got a place that's twice as good, Saks Tenth Avenue. <laughs> hey, come on, Como. How about that rub down? I'm freezing. 
Finally got a line with Bob. <laughs> well, Tulu, I guess I go on now. Oh, but Jimmy, the time is running short. You won't be able to do yourself justice. Why don't you come back and be my guest some other time, huh? Sure, Tulu. <laughs> Any time, but none of that alphabetical stuff for me. Why don't you come back next week, Jimmy? Who, who you got on next week? Well, we have Fred Allen. There you go with that alphabet again. I'll come back when you got Zanuck and Zabisco. <laughs> I'd love to have you, Jimmy, because I needn't tell you, you were, as usual, superb. Superb? Oh, you're only just saying that. That's right, darling. I'll be glad to come back any time, but just one thing, Tulu. Yes, sir? Do we need that, Eddie Canner? All he does is talk about his five years in show business and his 40 daughters. And he gets all the laughs. I know just what you mean, Jimmy. Just what I was thinking myself. I'm sure I can get rid of him. Good night, Jimmy. Good night, Tulu. Good night, Tulula. Oh, Eddie, I was just talking about you, darling. Wait for me outside, Jimmy. Okay. Well, Eddie, I needn't tell you that you were, as usual, superb. Oh, you're just saying that. That's right, darling. I'd love to have you back on our show again. How about a month from, from today? It'll be my pleasure. Oh, one thing, Tallulah. Yes, Eddie? I've been on this show 40 years. <laughs> I can't understand with me on the show why you need a guy like Hope. All he does is stand there and ad-lib and get a lot of laughs. I've seen it happen time and time again. First he gets a lot of laughs. Then they start saying, what do we need with all those other stars on the show? You get me? Eddie, you took the words right out of my own venomous mouth, darling. I don't mean to make trouble, you understand. Oh, of course, and I'm sure I can arrange to keep him off the show. Good night, Tallulah. Good night, Eddie. Oh, hello, Bob. Wait for me outside, will you, Eddie? Well, Bob, I needn't tell you that you were, as usual, superb. Why not? If it takes too long, I'll sponsor the next 15 minutes. <laughs> you really were, darling. And I'd love to have you back with us again, huh? I'd like to, but I don't fit in with you, old-timer. I mean, he's too old-timer. <laughs> I'm young, I'm lovely, I'm engaged to Chesterfield. <laughs> After all, Tulu, let's be honest. Well, Bob, it's a little late in the show for that, but if you insist. You know, you and I could wrap this thing up ourselves. Uh -huh. Why split the laughs up with the other two guys, you see? Darling, you've been reading my mind. Well, it was open, so I just took a fast peek. <laughs> I'm sure I can arrange to have them taken off the... Hey, Bob! You coming? Yeah, I'm coming. Good night, Tulu. Good night, Bob. Well, here I am, man. Let's go. Come on, Eddie. Come on, Jimmy. You coming, Como? You're right with you, fellas. Look, fellas, can't we get rid of that bankhead dame? You said it, Eddie, a woman master of ceremonies. I'm going to tell Miss Bankhead what you said. Oh, who's afraid of her and her broad and A's? <laughs> Darlings, don't pay any attention to them. They were only joking, I hope. Because I like this job, and I want to invite all of you to be back with us next week. And we will have with us Fred Allen, Jack Carson, Mindy Carson, Perry Como, Ed Archie Gardner, and Ed Wynn. And now the rest of the company joins me in hoping that until then... May the good Lord bless and keep you, whether near or far away. Mindy... May you find that long-awaited golden day today. Bob? May your troubles all be small ones and your fortune ten times ten. Jimmy, 
May the good Lord bless and keep you till we meet again, Perry. May you walk with the sunlight shining and a bluebird in every tree. Perry? May there be a silver lining back of every cloud you see. May the good Lord bless and keep you until we meet again. Happy Thanksgiving. The big show is directed and produced alphabetically by D. Engelbach and was written alphabetically by Goodman Ace with George Foster, Morton Green, Wilbur and Kelly and Frank Wilson. This is Ed Hurley. Good night, everyone. Listen to Phil Harris, then Hedda Hopper show on NBC.